You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. It's our Family Matters feature. We do this every single Monday after the news at 11 o'clock. And today, I want us to discuss how we can navigate inheritance in families. How do we avoid disputes that can break families apart? Yes, the easy answer could be have a will in place. Express your wishes. But the reality is you may have a will. You may have expressed your wishes to your family, to your friends, to your loved ones. But as soon as you are no more, many families still fight over their estates. They fight over your belongings. So how do you avoid conflict when dealing with such issues? And I think part of the reason is that we are so entitled that even when there are wishes that have been expressed, we are trying to find ways to justify why the people were not in their right frame of mind to even make those decisions. Right, And can you imagine how overwhelming it is to be dealing with the frustration, the, the disappointment, the anger that arises from this conflict while you're also grappling with your own grief? And if this is something you've experienced, I'd like to hear what your experience has been. How have you navigated something like this? Maybe it's in a context where the will was there, the wishes were expressed, but then something contrary happened. The family was just refusing refusing to accept that how did it affect the family dynamic and if you've got some positive stories as well of how you know people have been selfless when they engage with their states with the belongings of others and that keeps families um intact um i'd like to hear what your experiences are how has conflict around inheritance affected your family 011-883-0702 uh, that's the number to call us on if you want to send a whatsapp voice note 072-702-1702 Tandiwe Faku is a clinical psychologist at Siwea Wellness Solutions joining us in studio and will be guiding us through this discussion Tandiwe thank you so much for coming in good morning morning, morning. how are you I'm good so where do we even start I, I, I've just indicated that sometimes you think if someone has a will then it makes the process easier or if they've expressed their wishes to the family and their loved ones it makes it easy to navigate inheritance issues but sometimes we're so entitled that i don't care what was said in the will i don't care what the wishes are this is what i want so as families how do we navigate that scenario where just the wishes and the will is being disrespected and you don't you want to make sure that you respect that but at the same time you want to make sure there's not a big fight that's that's affecting the family thank you for for that question i just want to correct something it's not your fault i'm actually yeah. dr tandwe mohomola ah, i actually I changed my surname mohomola yes ah. fagu was my maiden surname <laughs> okay but i got adopted somewhere else yeah. and they gave me that and surname. it's a good adoption i can tell <laughs> very good one <laughs> no a thank you so one. much for that correction dr tandwe mohomola yes mm. um there, there's various reasons why we could have a dispute. And I think some of them would have mentioned the sense of entitlement. Sometimes when a loved one passes on, there's that tick box that we somehow say, say, I did this and I did that and I did that. So for the virtue of that, therefore it qualifies me for me to be getting this without understanding the purpose why there is a will in place. 
So when we get first to understand what is inheritance, what is the will, why is it there for, then it would be easier to somehow minimize any dispute and any disagreement that might agree. So there might be various things why. There could be that human nature, human nature competitive. So I do want to be seen, I do want to be recognized, my efforts should be seen because I was doing that, forgetting why were you doing them in the first place. So when a loved one passes on, I need, there's a need for me to be recognized, hence I need to be rewarded about something. So another is the sense of security, you do want to be secured. I don't want to be struggling now that my source or my provider or my source of support is no longer there. So I need that sense of security. If I'm not getting it, that it means I'm definitely going to fight for my place to get something. Jeez, that, that is... Yeah, I'm just thinking about just those qualities and, and the characters we sometimes possess, that human nature that gets you to act in that way, the entitlement, the sense of security... So where do we start then? Like, should we start be teaching people from a young age that the dead owe you nothing? <laughs> because then when someone dies, regardless of what the will says and what the wishes were, that doesn't diminish your value. Because I've realized that in some families, oh, because mama didn't leave that house to me or papa didn't leave the car to me, for some reason it speaks to their love for me and it speaks to my character and my value as a human being. So how do we stop placing our value and measuring it based on what is given to us? I think the first one is we, we need such conversations mm. even when our loved ones are still alive mm. so that we get to understand what is the reasoning behind the will. Mm. A parent, let's say, may have five kids, but all of those five kids, they'll have different personalities. So in those personalities, a parent will see this one is quite more responsible. This is this way. This is this way. So in the event should I pass, I'd want my things to be handled this way. Remember, that is the parent or the loved one saying like that, but they're not communicating it. Mm. So when that happens and you pass away and that was not communicated, mm. I feel like if you're not there, then it means that I was not loved enough. Mm. So I would attach my sense of value, my sense of identity and being to something just for you, for me to validate myself that this was my place in your life. Mm. So I think such conversations are necessary for us to have to say, this is why I have a will in the first place. Mm. They are necessary, but they are uncomfortable too. I mean, how do you even sit down and say, okay, let's talk about when you are no more. <laughs> it's quite uncomfortable, yeah, but it's important. But it is. Because yeah. there's also other factors that play a role to say, in the event should one pass on, mm. how were the family dynamics? Mm. Because in our black community, we know that we, know, we don't necessarily go to courts and a court mm. does not appoint. Mm. We'll have a meeting, we'll finish it internally, then the aunt must take over. Mm. So when someone comes into the family, we also need to understand the dynamics of saying, how was the relationship prior the loved one passing on? Mm. How will it assist in us transitioning better mm. to ensure that there's smooth sailing, transitioning from one phase to the other? Mm. So if there isn't such, it creates a problem because also research shows that personality disorders, we have three clusters, A, B, and C. Mm. So cluster B quite plays a role because the cluster, that's where the emotional, how person thinks, there's the way where you have your narcissist personality, mm. histrionic and all mm. that, where I think that my grandiosity, some, I should be validated. Mm. So oh, we yeah. have quite a number of things that yeah, will play a role. Yeah. We need to check. That's why a parent will know that, okay, this one is quite responsible financially. Yeah. That means that I will leave. Yeah the financial estate to Place this one that responsibility because on I know that 
it's going to be sustained. Mm. And the others will benefit through this one because all responsible and she, he or she has got foresight or yes. they have foresight. Compared to my other one, child, yeah. where I know that mm. they are working, but every, every second week I need to bail them out. Mm. They're always borrowing money. Mm. So all of these things I'm saying. Mm. But as a parent, I realize that hey, it, it won't work out if I leave because should I leave this, that is mm. when the dispute will arise. Yeah. So those disputes, what's the impact on the family relationship? So when people are arguing about inheritance, uh, when, there's, when there's that conflict, what is the broader impact on the family? The impact is huge. The impact is very huge because one, it disturbs the process of grieving. Remember when a loved one grieve, uh, when a loved one passes on, there's a process where grieving. Not everyone goes and consults a psychologist because they're grieving. Because you understand there's a natural process. I can't say after someone passes in the next week, now it's it's a psychological disorder. No, there's a natural process. But when you fail to transition to the other phase through that grieving, that's when it disturbs because we are arguing now. My mother loved me better, your father this and this. So as a process, I don't take the time to actually grieve. So it disturbs. That's why later in life, it would eminent as a depression because you couldn't successfully grieve. And also it, what impacts also is the birth order because there's a theory that talks about birth order. You say the firstborn child is seen as the responsible one. The second one Aren't is Aren't we the, always? <laughs> parents put Not it always. without even saying it. They, yeah. There's that sense of responsibility because yeah. of that's why other siblings, you like to pretend as if you're the deputy parent yeah but even if it's not spoken mm. but the way things are handled in the household that responsibility lies on me mm. so the first born child will carry that sense of response and research shows that they're quite intelligent the first bonds the first bonds yeah but there's also other side to say it's only one percent difference compared to the others yeah. because of you have this sense of responsibility and you're forced to grow mm. and take decisions at quite an early age mm. so intellectually you might not be but emotionally and socially the intelligence might differ from the others because the second born you're still trying to find uh, the face you're still trying to find that way you fall off and if you are the last born the parents are quite softer that's mm -hmm. why Amongst the siblings, there'll be that thing to say, yeah, my parents are softer now. Even the discipline, we didn't feel that. Mm. Because now the roles are playing. So even the responsibility amongst the siblings mm. contributes in how we transition and how the yeah. dispute arises. Yeah, and I want us to talk about, you know, sibling rivalry as well and how that just into this broader picture, how that also in itself can affect and, and cause the conflicts. And maybe as a parent, when you are seeing rivalry among, rivalry among, among your, your, your kids, maybe you need to start having that conversation with them um, to lessen the chances of conflict once you're no more. Let's go to some calls on 011-883-0702. I've asked you to share what your experiences are, good or bad. Maybe there are lessons that people can draw from your experience. You can send a WhatsApp voice note as well on 072-702-1702. Billy, um, you are calling from uh, Pretoria. Good morning. Morning, Clement. How are you? Shop, shop. Sure, sure, Clement. Hey, this topic, man, you know, my mother died in 2000, mm. in November. January 2001, my sister was already running around, but she's the eldest. Let us signing papers. She Actually, she came to our workplace, you know, it's busy 12 o'clock at work, you know, it's not your lunch hour. And we, just, we trusted her because she was the, she's the eldest. And she let us sign some documents without having a meeting, whatever, and we signed. We thought, ah, I ask her. You must register the house in a family trust. And she said, no, everything is okay. That's what she's going to do. Only to find out 15 years later that that wasn't the case. Mm. 
So now there's a big family fight now. And she knew my mother was like singing this song every day. That this is a family house. Must come back home. Mm. That was my mother's song every now and then, and she knew it. Although it was not on white, on black and white, but that was my mother's wish. Mm. And when I confronted her, then the fight broke out. And as it is now, five years later, she's not talking to any of us. We seven siblings, oh, so no. she's all by herself with the kids. He, she, and the kids, one of her sons stays in the house, while my little brother is roaming around the street. He doesn't have a place to stay. So that's, so that's that the dynamics of when parents doesn't have wills. Even sometimes when there's a will, there's always a fight. Mm. Because they'll dispute the fight, as you rightly said. Yeah, and now this is impacting on your relationship as siblings, um, yeah, Abili. It, it, it does. And even, even our children, you know, they're fighting with their children. So there's no, when, when the family funeral, last time we had a funeral, they were like one-sided and we were one-sided. You know, it's like two divisions. And actually, it's seven from one she's all by herself and the other six are all by themselves mm. oh my goodness billy thank you for sharing that experience with us uh billy is calling from pretoria um dr Mohomolo, that's what you, that's what we we're talking about the elder sibling right and i wonder in this case if the problem sometimes is that the firstborn thinks I have the final say in the absence of the will because oh i'm the oldest right mm-hmm. so i can even let me take this home even though the wish was that it's every it's everyone's home so how do we then minimize that of the firstborn thinking that they have the final say just on the basis of them being the elder communication when we go back to basic we communicate to say this is what is happening because it's shown that when a mother you can be as old as you are but when you lose a parent it's something that is quite significant depending on the type of relationship that you had so when you go back to communication and say this is the situation guys Uh, we have a family home what do we do how do we maintain it who's going to stay here so those are important conversations that need to be had because you find that it as as billy said that it creates that rift now my kids will no longer know their aunt because it's more of a generational yes. thing. Mm. So a family, a family home is a typical example where you feel like, no, everyone has their own house that it needs to be sold and whatever. Mm. Without communicating, that's when it starts to undermine others mm. without taking their opinion. Because as much as I'm the eldest, I must also remember this is their home. Mm. That is my house. Mm. But this is my home. Hmm. Anything that happens to the world, I'll always come back home. So when that is taken away from me, it somehow I get that to be disconnected from something that is a representative of, in this case, my mother. Because hmm. that's where we build a lot of things. Those are the memories that we had. When I go into this room, it represents this when I go there. So hmm. when it's taken away, it, it undermines yeah. everything. So the communication is important. So it can be a tricky part. I, I was going to say... Billy says there are seven siblings, and, and clearly in this case, the eldest thinks, well, I'm going to take this as my home and go against the wishes of the other six. But then I thought, in some cases, it it may well, very well be that the eldest is the one that is responsible. What if the other six said, let's sell this house and share the money. I want to buy a car, or I want to buy this. But the eldest says, but we need the home so for, forget what the wish for the parents are so the point i'm trying to make is sometimes there can be cases where someone who's older makes a good decision True. that overrides the rest because it's more responsible but in this context where the wishes are clearly stated and the people are not even saying 
let's be reckless in this let's let's they're saying let's recognize this as all of us as our home that's clear cut right i think also that also talks to communication mm. we would have sat down and spoke about mm. it unlike assuming that now i'm the parent so if i was the parent my mother was the parent they did they took whatever decisions that they took and we respected mm. so me assuming that role also forgetting that when i do that I'm somehow removing myself from the sibling structure and acting like a parent. Mm. And when I do that, because we have been a united front, I'm alienating myself from that. Mm. So a lot of things I'm not going to receive support. And and no man is an island. So the communication is the most important one. Mm. So because research shows that 76% of the families go through dispute and 44% of those are within the siblings. Mm. And speaking of siblings, the rivalry... It happens a lot where siblings don't get along. So should parents then play open cards so that they manage the conflict because it will arise post um, um, them passing away? How can parents, while they're still alive, right, deal with this rivalry so that it doesn't become even bigger when they're no more? Understanding their personalities. Because if parents are to say, no, I'll deal with one in secret and I'll deal with one in secret, that's when everything builds up, even when the parent is no longer there in this case. So when you understand and probably share that information to say, I understand you are my children, but you also need to understand the other whilst we are still young. So that it does not happen that when I'm no longer here, now you are trying to understand each other and you're no longer patient with each other. So when we all play open cards to say, this is the person, this is the person I'm entrusting. So when you have an open table discussion to say, this is how I'd like things to happen. Consistently, we are somehow sensitized. So that in the event that the other is no longer there, we know what happens. And also our value systems have changed. Long ago, we would say we respect the dead and their wishes. Mm. Right now, mm. competitive, sustenance, mm. my value. Mm. I need to know that my mother, my pa- my father loved me. So all of these things play a role. So when we move away from how things were done and also understand that things are changing, culture is changing, but there are basic values Mm. that when they're instilled in an open discussion, every sibling or every child will understand their position and know how. You know, you're mentioning something so important about how we used to look at it in the past, like respect the dead, don't question. And I'm just wondering the kind of emotional trauma and even the effects of us not questioning so someone has passed away and decisions were taken and we didn't question it but it's always been a sore point in our hearts and how when you grow with that it just even starts affecting it it may even affect how you relate with other people i mean i can just imagine how i mean if your your mom or your dad they've died and and there's a certain decision that was made that somebody must get the house and you don't understand that decision and you've never even sat down with the beneficiary and said, do you know how this decision was gotten to? So you grow up then thinking maybe I wasn't as valued. So that culture of not questioning and questioning the dead and, and, and having open conversations has left so many people feeling so sad and they've not been able to express that. It's very true. That's what I'm saying. If ah. you have that open, because mm. remember, I may have siblings. I, I want to take it to another way to say, let's say amongst the siblings. Mm. We may have an agreement, but as a parent, if I'm not passing it down to my kids and say, this is what is happening, mm. guys. This is how things I would like them to, or this is a family home, you understand? Should mm. the event that I pass on, things should be done like that. So 
the questioning part there's nothing wrong with it but how we do it mm. is what results in the dispute mm. Mm. So most of the time, I think that's where we get in wrong, the how we do it. So when I come with a sense of entitlement to say, this is what I should get, this is what I should do, the should and I shouldn't, it's also what's impact because it will be like, no. And in the event where someone is appointed by the family to now become the guardian, the guardian will be saying no. That's when also the dispute arises to say, who are you to come and say that with my mother's or my father's belongings and mm. all that. So the transitioning, the the relationship that was there prior someone passes in is also important and contributes in how we adjust after the, the loss of a loved one. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So after the latest in our witness news headline, Daniel in Ferenacheng, I'll start with you when we come back and take more calls on 011-883-0702. What's your experience? Um, how have you dealt with conflict when issues around inheritance arise? Um, we've been told of how that can disturb the process of your grieving. Imagine you're dealing with conflict and you are still grieving your loved one. Huh? How do you manage that? And sometimes it's just us. It's our human nature, that entitlement, that sense of security that drives you uh, to want to even sometimes go against the wishes and the will um, of your loved one who's passed away. So I'll take your experiences on the phone line, on WhatsApp as well, on 072-702-1702. Family Matters. All right, let's go to your calls now. Uh, Daniel, in Ferenachin, good morning. Yes, yes, Clemens. Hi, Daniel, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think I would share two things with you quickly, Clemens. Mm. One is a social worker. Mm. Uh, your topic is very interesting. That's why I was end up being uh, tempted to call and share with you. I'm receiving a lot of clients who come to consult with me as a social worker with the issues which you are discussing right now. Mm. Uh, so I think you would need more of discussing about this topic and see how we can help people. But now coming to myself, my father died in 2000. Mm. My grandfather passed on in 1997. So we had a family farm. Uh, we, I was very young at that time. I was actually uh, doing my metric. Mm. My uncle, I've been known to us, put the farm to his name, to his son's name, actually, and uh, chased my mother from the farm on the pretext that, no, as a woman, you can't be farming. I'm now the father. I'm going to be doing the farming. Mm. We only came to know last year that uh, the farm was put under my uncle's son's name. Mm. He even sent me the title of the son. When I asked him why your father put the farm into your name, he said, no, uh, his father told him that it was his, our grandfather's wish. But I said, my grandfather had uh, many sons, three sons, two daughters. So there's no way you could put in your name without putting all of us. To cut the long story short, when I asked my uncle, he changed his story. So, no, it's another one who did that. And actually, it's uh, my father's family who decided to put in his son's name. Mm. And the emotional, psychological effect is that I feel disowned. I feel mistreated and I feel that uh, my grandfather, I also partly blame him because he never left a will. Mm. And I also blame my father in the sense that when he was still alive, he even hinted to me that he know that his brother was interested in taking over the family farm and make it his. So he didn't settle out. They didn't, both my father and my grandfather, they knew that my uncle was going after the farm and was going to dump us, but they did nothing. So from the late you are with the doctor, it's very important that people finalize their estates, not make others feel so dumped. And uh, I couldn't even pursue it because my mother said, no, 
you know our culture is your father and you can't take him to court he's gonna cause a lot of pain and suffering so i'm, I'm my hands are, are, are tight i can't do anything i can't go to court because they are persuading me not to do that they say wait well, it is court this time but in short i'm very happy i don't know mm. what to do i've got siblings brothers sisters we have no place to go i can't see my father's uh, grave it's on the farm and my grandfather because now in someone's name so these are challenges we face because mm. of inheritance clements yes yeah daniel um i can hear how sad you still are thank you for for calling us man and sharing that experience with us and i'm wishing you all the best and i don't know if it's even possible to resolve that right now but dr mokomola that's exactly what you were talking about communication 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 if you are leaving something um under somebody but that is not communicated and then people find out later of course that's going to cause some confusion true so that issue of communication is so important Daniel, thank you for that call. DK Lady in Centurion, good morning. Good morning, Clement. My name is DK Lady from Centurion. Mm. Yes, you know, my problem it started when my father, my mother, and my father passed on. And then my brother came to home to stay with us now and telling me that, you know, I'm a firstborn. I, I can say I'm a firstborn because my my Firstborn mom daughter died long time ago, so mm. they take me as a firstborn at home. <laughs> so, you know, my problem now with my brother, I don't mind him coming back home, but whenever he came home, he started to, to tell other siblings behind that mm. Mm. I'm not a firstborn, I'm not his father's child, and I, they don't have to do. They don't have to do anything or share anything with me. And everything that is in that house, it's my things because they were very young. And I was, I even stopped going to school and go back and find jobs and do everything, building, doing everything, taking them to school. So now he's back. Whenever there's family gatherings, him and I were fighting, mm. fighting over, um, I can see my mother's house. So my problem is all of these siblings are now fighting mm. with him because of me. They say, yes, we understand it's a stepfather, step, step, stepdaughter to your father. But we don't know you. We mm. know that. Mm. Yo, that's, yeah, that's a problem. How do you fix something like that, Dr. Mokhomol? Is it... So in, in cases where there are children outside the marriage, maybe children before or even after the marriage their stepsisters, their stepbrothers, is it even more important that this discussion takes place? Because, of course, that's it. That in itself is people are going to contest and say, but I was also, he was also my father, she was also my mother. Uh, so it's probably more pronounced for these discussions to take place under that setup, more so. So well, those discussions will pave out because I'm not expecting to be a once-off discussion. Remember, I just realized that I have a sibling mm. over 15 years I didn't know. Mm. And now they, by virtue of being sibling, they feel that sense of entitlement. So that is where it starts. When I feel entitled, I want it. It's mine. Mm. And what if there's 15 of us? And when we realize that there's 15 of us, we'll now look at the nitty-gritties to say, but you're not the biological. Mm. So that cuts you out. Mm. 
because human nature says i will go for your weakness for me to be elevated or stand a bit higher mm. so that's where the nitty-gritties we go to look at these things and all that so the communication in everything it's important mm. so that we ensure that we transition smoothly because of i also want to tackle on this thing for 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 daniel mm. such a topic needs a multidisciplinary the psychological there's emotional there's social each and every discipline will play their role mm. so we need to look at the sense that everyone wants that sense of belonging that also daniel was talking because i feel rejected and i feel when i do when i feel rejected i don't want to belong somewhere so when that sense of belonging is taken away from me i feel helpless and i wouldn't know how to deal with it mm. so overall in everything it needs the communication from the parents to say we sit this one out we need to be clear of what is happening yeah. because then there was no I'd, I'd, I'd like to be there was no time to actually think that we'd die but COVID times has actually shown us that today you're alive in the afternoon you're no longer around mm -hmm. so such conversation as uncomfortable as they are they are very necessary and important should parents introduce their other children because i think that's that's probably part of the reason why conflict arises so if clement is married here but Clement has a child from the previous relationship when they were young, but I'm scared to even talk about that, to even introduce that child to my family. When I die, the child, and we know children normally come at funerals. <laughs> How often in our, in our family funerals have we met people we've never known, and they're like, that's your uncle's child, or that's even your half-brother, that's your half-sister. So should parents be deliberate about, yes, me introducing and saying i have a child outside or i've had a child even before i met you yes it may it may create some uncomfortable conversations but it's important in dealing with the aftermath because they will come and when they come the wife will say who are you he's never mentioned you mm -hmm. so should that be a deliberate thing that parents do when they know they've got children outside introduce them at the very least so that when you're no more there's understanding at home that there are people that may come in. True. Because our, we, we have a social construct of what family is. Mm. A, a child that is not born within a marriage is an outcast. Mm. But you mm. find that as the family outcasts the child, the parent is involved somehow. So mm. that I ensure that I don't disappoint my parents. They said I must do this. They said I must do that. Mm. So that's when I, I think also the communication is somehow hard for us to even speak because there's social construct on how things should be done. Mm. So when we start destigmatizing such, we are able to sit down and say, I have a child outside mm. and I probably had a child before we met or I had the child when we were still mm. together. Mm. So how do we deal with it? How do we blend mm. so that in the event that both of us are no longer around, how will they handle it? Mm. Absolutely. Gossing Pile in Bedford View. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Clement. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I was raised by my grandparents in KZN, and one of the things they preached about almost on a daily basis was that <laughs> their house actually belongs to us. So my grandfather actually built his sons, my two uncles. He built them, he bought them uh, houses so that they can go there and live with their families. So everything just went south after the death of my grandparents, you know. So the, the, the homestead was, was basically neglected. But after I pumped in a few hundred thousand rents to revamp it, make it nice and everything, mm -hmm. you know, and then uncle of mine decided that, no, I have to go back to my father's house, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And, uh, and eventually keep everyone out. Mm. You know? Um, you know, when, when someone, when something like that is taken away from you, you've spent all your childhood there, your adult life, everything you identified with that, with that home. Mm. When it's taken away from you, when you no longer have access, uh, you can't go in there, you can just pass as a stranger on the road, it's always locked, a part of you dies. Mm. It dies and nothing nothing can 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 revive it mm-hmm. you can go i've got i've got a couple of properties you know all over the country you, know, you can go and buy a very expensive house in a very expensive suburb mm-hmm. it will still not feel like the mm-hmm. way you're from because mm-hmm. that's your childhood yeah causing pillar great contribution there in bedford view thank you so much for your call it's 12 minutes before 12 o'clock 702 family matters all right let's continue with uh, some calls now. Tsulu uh, Fellow, you're calling us from Soweto. Good morning. Morning, Edmund. My mother, I was staying with my mother and my son. And uh, my mother passed 1990. I was 38 years old. I had a sister and a brother who was born in Botswana and my aunt in Botswana. Mm-hmm. When my mother died in uh, 1990, we went for a morning until the, I hit the 1st of June. Mm. when they we come and talk about whatever is in the house, whatever. And they said to me, they want to sell the house because my my, uh, my people of my age had bought house. It was that time of Protea when they were introducing these other related places. My uh, age people, they bought their own houses in uh, Protea. Mm. Then I just kept quiet. And I've never uh, spoke to my sister until she died 2001 or 2000. Mm. And my brother in Botswana is still alive. I don't talk to him. Mm. And my aunt uh, died 2016 when she was 1997. But I went to the funeral, but since 1990, I never talked to her until uh, 2016 when she passed away. I went to Botswana to bury her. Then my, I had uh, one child and she passed 2015. Then I'm staying alone in the house. I've got subtenants. God willing, I'm healthy, not headless, nothing. They don't phone me. I don't phone them. Mm, but God sure. willing, I'm healthy. They don't care about me. My nieces, my nephew, they don't care about me. But when they got uh, my other great nephew passed away in uh, 2020, uh, the end of 2020, and they came, my nephew and came, they came and said, what? Then I said, do I look like a, a funeral uh, undertaker? Mm. But I, I so, very um, do, do you, but do you still see, like Tulo Fellow, an opportunity to speak to them and, and let them know how you feel about how the issue was handled? Uh, or have know, you just uh, given up on, on that relationship? I have given it up. Because now... Uh, well, uh, I want to sell it and go to the old age home. But people say, but you are healthy. You still, you look young. You look 40 and 60 and, mm-hmm. and 70 years. Yeah. Yeah. Tulu fellow, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Dr. Mkhomola, eh. Yeah, it's just so sad. Like how families like break. Like they go... They are now dysfunctional because of that. Like, we could have spoken. I could have told you how I feel. You tell me how you feel. Let's find common ground. So I think there's, there's a, 
there's a sense of helplessness that I'm getting mm. from the callers to say, I have given up. Mm. Like, I don't. And the sense of numbness to say, I will numb this. Mm. It's not like I don't care. For the fact that when you're talking about your story and you can feel the sense of love, it shows mm. the impact at mm. which you have experienced mm. all along. Especially for Tulufel, she's experienced multiple losses. Mm. So for her, it could be that anticipated to say, I could die anytime, I don't even care because of the pain that I'm currently feeling, I'll probably not feel it anymore. Mm. So there's that sense of helplessness from most of the callers to say, we want to do something but we don't know how to do it and mm. you probably have given up. So there's quite a number of things, especially in South Africa, there are a lot of cases that actually the family splits because of misunderstanding and not properly communicating. Because also the thing of introducing other kids mm. when their loved one has passed on, it comes with an issue of in the connotation somehow of saying, this person has not been there, so we need to claim what's yours for all these years that have not been there. Mm. Maybe that's why we would opt to sell the house and I get the money and I move on with my life. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That, let's talk about issue of favoritism now, because I see Pindile in Rodeport wants to raise that. Pindile, good morning. Hi, good morning, Clement. Thank you for... Ooh, just switch off the radio, uh, Pindile. Uh, switch off the radio so that I don't hear the feedback. Okay. Le- ah, lovely, so, perfect. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. What I want to ask Clement is, um, we three uh, from my mother, and uh, three girls, we are born from different parts. Mm. And uh, mom bought a place, like she bought land, where we, uh, she said we must build a home on that land so that should uh, life happen, we all have a home to return to. Mm. So the three of us are contributing, but we're obviously not contributing equally because we're contributing according to our strength. Yeah. Then what I see is mom giving the upper hand to my little sister who really feels that she is owning the property. I would like to ask the doctor, how exactly do we deal about that? Because I have spoken to mom times that she needs to sit us down and um, really, really explain and put it on paper that we are all owning the house. Yeah. Our and does she get that, Pindile? What was her response to that? Well, m- mom always says, little sister knows, little sister knows, but mm. she never takes any action. Oh, yeah. And so we've, we've got about tw- uh, 20 seconds, um, uh, Dr. Mohomola. How do you as, how do you advise Pindile there? Because she's tried to say, "Mama, let's have a conversation about it." But Mom says, "No." But the younger sister knows that you guys are equal um, owners of this, but it's not clearly stipulated, and she can see that there's going to be trouble here at some point. The parenting style. Mm-hmm. When we start to say, uh, we understand that the parents have different relationships with their kids. But having that doesn't qualify that the other should get more higher pedestal or something. So we go back to the parenting style to say, how do we manage the different personalities of my children in a home without making the other inferior? So amongst the black community, it's quite eminent to say when someone else is working, they get a higher prestige mm. in whatever, and it ends up causing rift in between. Mm. So when it is managed in between, or the, also the siblings, they are able to unite and address that then it becomes easier, unlike leaving it on one. Mm. Yes, she has tried, Pindila has tried to say, can we somehow do this because of, I foresee mm. 
Mm. But probably for the fact yeah. that she says that it creates that thing to say you're probably jealous. Yeah. So the parenting style, they need to be able to cover that and level the ground for all the children. Indeed. Dr. Tandiwe Mokomola, thank you so much for making time. You've Thank been you brilliant in me. guiding us through this discussion. Thank you.